God bless you, and welcome back to Yesterday Ended. This is your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thank you for joining me today. The phrase, follow your heart, has almost 15 million hits in the Google search engine. It's a very commonly used phrase. There's only one problem. The advice to follow your heart might be good if your heart is full of truth, honesty, righteousness, purity, virtue, and such like. But if you have a heart of darkness... Instead of a heart of gold, following it will get you into trouble. So the issue of our heart is a big one, and it is the subject of my podcast today. Give a listen. So much greatness has been assigned to the human heart, but in truth, biblical truth, the heart is not so great. The first use of the word heart in the Bible is found in Genesis 6-5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's not such a very good quality to have on your resume. And listen to this one out of Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, to tell the truth, the Spirit of God can know it. But as for us, we need a lot of help. I offer a beginning lesson to get to know our hearts. The title of my poem today is, The Heart is a Cup. Your heart is a cup full of you. Every shade, every hue of you contained within. You are a blend, every word you've heard, every moment you've had, good or bad. At times strong, against a throng, also weak, scared to make a peep. If a bad blend, it will cause you to bend under a dark weight of guilt and hate. Also good rests beneath the hood that makes you rise beyond the skies. What Do you recall from your heart's long haul the paths that you have walked where joy or fear did stalk? Time for a cleanse, a change of your friends, a switching of alliance to Holy Spirit reliance. Tis but a simple choice not to moan but rejoice. You might shout or scream of sorrow or life's dream. A heart of stone God won't leave alone. He'll change it to flesh and help you start fresh. Oh, the heart. <laughs> what images we envision when we think of that, that thing. <laughs> what exactly is the heart? It has been scrutinized, analyzed, idolized, dissected physically and psychologically as long as man has been around. So much has been spoken concerning it, and here we go again. But instead of leaning to philosophy and conjecture, let's take a look at what God in his word says about it. I've taken the time to read and study over 1,005 verses containing the word translated into English as heart. And as I have sifted through the many uses, I have found many wonderful nuggets hidden within. As I pondered the uses of the word heart in the Bible, I have come to see certain categories that help describe the heart. These are my own inventions, but they give us a starting place to begin perusing the subject of heart. 
The heart receives and holds content. It gets filled with something, hence my analogy of it being a cup. The heart has actions, things it does, sometimes to itself. The heart gets acted on by both exterior and interior forces. The heart has character, good or bad. The heart is the source or origin of things. The heart can be the entire thing or the center of it. As I said, I liken the heart to a cup. That cup gets filled with words. Those words become our thoughts. Our thoughts are made up of the words of our past and new words from today. In point of fact, our cup holds every word we have ever heard. If you get enough of the same kind of words and thoughts, together their collective weight bears on us and this is how we develop our attitudes. From these we make our decisions and from our decisions flow our actions. When we practice an action for a long time, these actions form into habits. The type of habits we have determine the character of our heart and finally our destinies. And it was words that started it all. The words that fill our cup, our heart, influence and control it. They are the single most powerful thing on the planet. I cannot stress enough the importance of filling our hearts with the right words that make us who we are. God gives us instruction in Proverbs 4.23 on how to deal with our heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. We are to keep our heart with all diligence, or literally to post a guard upon it. Why? Because the issues or the borders of life come out of our heart. The issues or borders of our life are determined by the quality of our heart. The greater the quality of your heart, the greater area or territory you will have to walk in freedom. I'll give you an example. If your heart is full of fear, you don't venture very far in life. Your ability to move in freedom is restricted. If your heart is full of the word can't or impossible or such like, you won't try to accomplish much. You won't go very far. But a heart full of faith and love is not bound. That heart has wide borders. So our borders are determined by what is in our heart. You can live under the weight of guilt and hate, or you can rise above the skies. That is all determined by the quality of your heart, by the words contained within. So are you fighting to protect your heart? Or just fighting with it. I've recently quoted this verse before, and I'll probably quote it again. It's the first phrase from Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. You are what you think. Our cup, our heart, is made of a porous material. It absorbs whatever is put into it. This is how we are changed. Words change us from the inside. Every word has power latent within it. It is the power of the words we fill ourselves with that changes us for better or for worse. The contents of our hearts can be wisdom, 
fear, war, righteousness, desires, thoughts, joy, pride, secrets, iniquity, deceit, God's word, idols, sorrow, gladness, envy, heaviness, merriment, counsel, and a whole lot of other things. As our physical heart never stops pumping, our other heart never stops either. It is always in action, thinking, perceiving, imagining, meditating, reasoning, devising, considering, remembering, seeking, walking, talking, stirring, musing, burning, panting, fearing, rejoicing, despising, lusting, trembling, and melting. It's busy. It's very busy. But the question comes to mind, is our heart busy doing good things? My uh, short list above includes some destructive items. So what is in control of your heart? Taking control of the actions of our hearts is a daily, moment-by-moment responsibility that some of us have given up on. We float along with the current. Are you floating or in control? We need to make choices. We need to take authority over our lives every morning. We need to make decisions. The world will push and pull us. Our past will do the same. Yet it is our responsibility to control our hearts and the actions of it. Jesus tells us in John chapter 14, verse 27, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And that's a command. We're to guard our hearts. As our hearts are busy at work on whatever, all the cosmos is at work on our hearts. Our hearts can be vexed, softened, turned, enticed, inclined, comforted, lifted up, touched, discouraged, hardened, tried, revived, pained, strengthened, fashioned, stolen, troubled, deceived, broken, or enlarged. All these actions, both internal and external to the heart, build the character of the heart. We were not born with attitudes, and our emotions are almost all learned. I've been told that we come from the factory, birth, with a fear of loud noises and falling. Everything else is learned. So who or what is teaching us? Who or what are we allowing to teach us? Our heart is who we are. It is our center, our whole person. It is all of us. God asks us to love him with all our heart. Yet it can be divided or fixed, proud or upright, wicked or pure, wise or fat as grease, haughty or contrite, stout or double, sound or broken, clean or perverse, after David or after Jeroboam. So what makes up the structure of our heart? In Isaiah 26.3, we are told, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. This word mind is translated imagination several times. Remember Genesis 6.5? Imagination happens within our heart. What are we imagining? Are the workings of our heart stayed on God? Is that where we put our thinking? 
I've seen it over and over again in my life that when I take the time to really meditate on truth and make declarations of truth, I can control the quality and content of my heart. In those days, my life flourishes. What are you doing to control the quality and content of your heart? Again, are you fighting for it or just fighting with it? Or have you given up completely? I've awakened on too many occasions to find myself floating. There's a quote from E.W. Kenyon that goes something like this, Dead fish float, don't float. That's simple, but good advice. We need to swim against the current. We need to be engaged in diligently keeping our heart. Guard it well. David was a man after God's own heart. That is an amazing element to have on your resume. What can be said of our hearts? Today, I have introduced you to many elements of the heart. My goal is to stir your heart to care for it and nurture it. If we do not do the work to protect our hearts, we will not obtain the fruit that is available. The parable of the sower talks about four types of soil which are akin to the heart. Do you have a hard heart, a heart full of rocks, a heart full of weeds, or a good heart wherein the truth can grow and bring forth fruit? Time to be a good gardener.